This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Starting a business can be really scary, especially if you've never done it before, but I think you should not be afraid to quit and start over. Don't be afraid to do something that terrifies you. Because I've found that every time I've done something that's terrifying, like taking a leap of faith and like quitting a job, making a big change in my life has always been a really positive thing. And I'd also say like finding something that doesn't feel like a job. If you want to start a business, make sure it's something that you're passionate in. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Real Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and I am very excited to be on the microphone with you once again every single week. This is a constant in my life, and it's part of my routine, and I honestly love it. I think last week I talked about how being on the mic sometimes feels like a therapy session, and it really is true. If you guys missed that episode from last week, I highly recommend you um, listen to it because I think I was pretty vulnerable. Um, I feel like it's something that a lot of us can relate to. I've been getting so many positive messages from it. So when you're done listening to this, listen to that. But yeah, being on the mic is my sort of therapy. Uh, It's not the only therapy, but it is a form of it. So I really love being here and I am in Miami, Florida. I will be here for a little bit. I do go back to North Carolina next week, but you know, I feel like I got to come up with a term of not bi-coastal because I'm not on two different coasts, but I'm like bi-city. I don't know how to say that. Like, what is a good way to say I live in two cities? Like, I'm back and forth. I feel like my time is split between Florida and North Carolina, but I don't know how to say that. So what is the proper term? I need to look it up so I can have, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm something (laughs) when people ask because saying that I go back and forth to North Carolina and Florida can be a mouthful. LA to New York people don't have that mouthful. They just say bi-coastal. So you know what? I need to come up with a word for that, even though I think I'm overcomplicating things because no one's going to know what that word even means. So maybe I should just stick to the long form. 
But anyways, <laughs> um, like I said last week, felt like I was on a therapy call when I was actually just podcasting and I was talking to you a lot about, you know, how stressed I feel, how I feel imposter syndrome, giving you a little bit more updates with like the Rella launch and all of that good stuff. So I feel like this week I've been taking time to try to be more mindful and more intentional about my resting and trying to decompress and honestly get those creative juices flowing because my role right now, I am CEO and one of the co-founders of Rella, but because we are such a small team, because we are launching soon, I'm wearing so many hats. And so all of us really are wearing a ton of hats. And for me, I feel like the role that I have currently is very, very sedentary. I feel like I'm at a desk all the time. I'm on in front of a laptop. I'm wearing my blue light glasses to not ruin my eyesight. I mean, even with YouTube, like I'm, I'm editing on a computer and usually my vlogs are just showing what I'm doing, which truthfully is at a desk a lot of the time. So hopefully those are entertaining, but I, I don't get that creative that often anymore. I feel like in the beginning of my career, quote unquote, you could say that I had more of a creative career because I was, you know, on YouTube and I do this podcast and I'm, you know, posting pictures and all of this stuff. But like lately, I feel like I have more of like an office job. And so I know a lot of you can relate to that, whether you work for yourself or you work from someone else. I mean, we're on our computers all day long. If you're listening to this, you might be at your desk right now, you know, so I know that you can relate, but I think it's so important to take time to decompress, step away from the computer and really get your creativity going again. Even if you're not in a creative job, I think it just helps to take time for yourself and get to know yourself and, you know, just become re-inspired, like creative job or not if you feel like you're creative or you're more analytical or whatever it might be, every single one of us needs time to get re-inspired in life in general. And I definitely think that that comes with taking time away from your desk, taking time away from your work and just spending some time with yourself, spending some time with a friend and getting out of, you know, your routine. And so even though I am a super routine oriented person, like I feel like I do these intros on the same day. I do my podcast on Wednesdays, you know, like I'm, I'm very much a routine person. I do think sometimes routine can get you out of that like creative mindset and it can, can really drain your inspiration if I'm being honest. So it is a double-edged sword. So this week, what I did to decompress, to de-stress is actually I went on a walk on the beach yesterday. Last night, it was sunset. It was around 6.30 and it was so beautiful. The skies looked like cotton candy and living in Florida and living in Miami, I feel like you would think, oh my God, you must go to the beach all the time. Like, you know, I literally live five minutes away from the beach. Like I have no excuse to not go, but I can count on one hand the amount of times I've gone to the beach in my six months here. Like I do not go to the beach. And one, it's because I'm like, it's always there. You know, I'm like, oh, it's always there. Like, it's not like when you're on a vacation and you're spending hours and hours on the beach because you only have it for the weekend or for that week. But for me, I'm like, it's literally a backdrop at this point. Like I wake up and I can literally see the ocean. It's like the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest sliver. Like if you squint, you can see the ocean from my apartment. Like I'm not, (laughs) I don't live in an oceanfront apartment or anything like that. But you know, it's just, it's there. Like if I'm going somewhere and I'm driving down on Collins Avenue, like that's like right by the beach, you know, it's just a backdrop at this point. And I feel so ungrateful saying that, but it's one of those things that you don't take the time to actually appreciate it and you don't take the time to go. And I know every single one of us has something like that in our lives that we don't appreciate and that we don't, you know, other people would would love to be in that situation, but then like you're not taking advantage of it. And so for me, that is the beach. I am making it a goal of mine to go once a week on a walk at the beach. Um, whether I get in the water or not, like yesterday, I just kind of put my feet in the water, but it is 
such a decompressor and it felt so nice to do that. And just like walking around anywhere is such a decompressor. So if you want to take a walk outside your neighborhood, drive to a trail, drive to a park, whatever it is, take that time to yourself and just walk and be in nature and don't have your phone on you. Don't check texts. Don't check your phone. Like put your emails away and just relax. And it felt so good. Like I literally felt so good afterwards. And then this morning, actually, I went and I got coffee with a friend that I haven't seen in like two years. And at first I was actually really stressed. I was like, I don't want to go because I have so much work to do. And I actually felt better going because I was like, wow, I feel so re-inspired after talking to her. She's also does like influencer marketing stuff. So just talking to her about it and then catching up with her on life. Like she just had a baby. She was telling me about like her moving plans, all of this stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just so nice. Like stepping out of my day. Like it was 11 AM and I was at a coffee shop. I was like, what the heck? Like, this is so not normal for me, but it felt amazing. And now I'm back at my computer and I literally cannot wait to work again. So it's just one of those things that I definitely recommend you stepping aside out of your comfort zone and doing something great. So I wanted to, you know, kind of fill you in on how I maintain my creativity because I'm not going to lie. It has been lacking lately. Like I feel like I've been in a almost like in a burnout stage where I'm super close to burning out. So doing those two things this week, I think saved me from a burnout. And this podcast, of course, I love being on this mic. I feel like I'm just like chatting with a friend. So thank you guys for listening. But you know, I hope that you guys do that also. And I hope that you also have that time to really decompress and get those creative juices flowing, which also brings me to, you know, this podcast guest, because we talk a lot about creativity. We talk about where she finds creativity, and I'm so excited to introduce Kelly Adams to the show. You all know that I love good branding. Branding is something that like, I will literally buy something because of how it looks. Like, I don't care what it is. I'm buying something because of how it looks. If you ask me, what's your favorite type of wine? What's your favorite type of whatever? Whichever one looks the best on my shelf. Like that's what I'm going to say. I'm buying a bar cart so that I can have like my pretty wine and my pretty alcohol bottles on my cart because I buy things based on aesthetics. And you know what? I don't think I'm alone in that. So Onda Tequila Seltzer really hits the branding nail on the head. I was obsessed before I even tried it. Like I knew I needed it in my fridge and then I tried it and it tastes just as good as it looks. I'm sure that you guys have seen it, but if you haven't, look it up because it is the best branding in any alcohol company I think I've seen as of lately. And I mean, I just want you to picture yourself on the perfect summer day on the beach. The waves are crashing. Surfers are everywhere. The best California surf rock playlist is playing. Like this is what Onda captures. And I was super excited to have the chance to speak with Onda's creative director, Kelly Adams, to hear about this incredible brand and how it came to life. Kelly has been creative her entire life. And before launching her own brand, she worked with some huge companies like PepsiCo and Frito-Lay. And I think she may just be as obsessed with branding as I am, which I honestly didn't think was possible, except she's better at it. For me, I can look at something and I love the way it looks. And I'm like, yes, obsessed. She actually executes. I can't execute the branding, but I can appreciate it. So, you know, I guess, (laughs) I guess there's some differences there. We really pulled back the curtain to discuss what it takes to build a successful brand and how to continue to find inspiration after working on other people. People's dream projects, she realized that it was time to start her own company and she founded Onda. Herself and her three co-founders, which side note, if I, I'm pretty sure you guys know a co-founder of hers. Um, her name is Shay Mitchell. Yep, that's a co-founder. Her three co-founders each bring a unique skill set to the table that has propelled the company forward and led to feature articles in Forbes, The Zoe Report, 
and WWD. This is a brand to watch and learn from, and trust me, they are not going anywhere. On today's episode, we dive into where to get the creative juices flowing and like how to do that, how Kelly found inspiration from her surroundings and her dad's 90s fashion, transitioning from a nine to five to owning your own business, and what truly makes a brand stand out. I know you're going to love this, and honestly, I definitely recommend you pick up a tequila seltzer because it's something that you need to try. And I actually have a discount code for you. So if you guys use the code RealReal15, you will get 15% off your order. So use the code RealReal15 to get 15% off. I know that you're going to want to try this. It is amazing. And I'll have it in the show notes so that you can find it there. But super excited to welcome Kelly Adams to the show. So let's get into it. You know what the best feeling is? When you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze Hair Gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part, in a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss loss. Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com promo code RealReal. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Kelly, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited. I was just telling Kelly right before we started recording how I got the Onda um, package and the drinks and they are so cute. Like so cute. I actually had like multiple people DMing me and either they were asking like, oh my God, what is this and where can I get it? Or they were telling me like, oh my God, I tried this and it's like the best drink ever. Like you, you are going to love it. So I had like multiple people DMing me when I posted it. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to get that feedback. It tastes great. And the packaging is an added bonus. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to start with setting the record straight. This is just some stereotypes and some assumptions, and then you'll let me know if they're true or false. 
So the first one is that entering a male dominated field is intimidating. I think this is actually false. I think the alcohol industry is evolving and more and more female founders are entering this space, which I think is really exciting. But of course it can be intimidating at times, but I think with myself having another female co-founder by my side, having like friends and mentors in the space has been really supportive. And we actually work with a woman-owned distillery. So that's pretty cool and incredible. Like there's only two out of 156 um, distilleries in Jalisco that are woman-owned. Wow. So I think, yeah, I mean, the the industry is evolving a bit. There's more and more female founders entering. Yeah. So it's a good time. That's always good. You know, I feel like now I have noticed a lot more like female founded alcohol companies, like not even just from like looking on the shelves and kind of like looking up like, okay, what is this? Like, this is new. And then finding out it's female owned, but even like listening to podcasts and seeing like press releases and I've been, I've been seeing so many more, which is always like really exciting. Cause I feel like it has been very like heavily male dominated in the past. Absolutely. Yeah. It's changing. <laughs> yeah. And the next one is you have to have a cohesive brand to start a successful company. For me, this is definitely true. I think that consistency builds memorability. Like you need to establish and set the tone for your brand and run with it, especially when it comes to design or your tone of voice or your illustration style, your color palette. If you're like all over the place, you aren't going to build that recognition with consumers. Yeah. So for me, like as a design background, like consistency and like having a cohesive brand is really key. Yeah. You want, like you said, to create that memorability. And like, if you have that one branding image that like everyone has in their mind, that that is what your brand Mm -hmm. is like, no matter where you see it, you're going to like always think back to your brand. So it's like free marketing just stored in their heads at that point. Like (laughs) if they see something that like reminds them of your brand or something like that. So I think that, yeah. I'm, I'm such a sucker for branding, like good branding to me. I'm like, I'll buy it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) same. (laughs) Yeah. And the next one is that working for yourself is a 24 hour job. I'd say this is true, at least in the beginning of launching a brand, it certainly can be a 24 hour job, but I think if you love what you're doing and building, it doesn't feel like a job. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I think it's really exciting, especially when you start to see the brand come to life and you see it on shelves. It's like, I don't really mind working, like getting up a bit earlier and working a bit later and working on the weekends because it motivates me for like what we're building. So yeah, yeah. I mean, even a year after launching, I'm still figuring out like the boundaries for myself because I can be a workaholic and needing to like disconnect a bit. And I think that's especially important as a creative person. Like you can't be just sitting at your computer all the time. Like I need to take a moment to like step back and like step away from my computer and like see the world and and get inspired. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause like, I, I don't consider myself that creative. Like I feel like I'm definitely more like businessy, even though I have like social media stuff that I do, I still think that I'm more like focused on, I don't know, like analytics and more Mm -hmm. of like the business side of things. Like I, don't I can't can't draw I can't do any like logos I'm like horrible at graphic design like all of that so that's like definitely not my forte but I think it's interesting with being creative like you do have to find that inspiration so like even though it doesn't feel like work like you do have to like go outside and like get inspired or like do something that's going to kind of re-spark that creativity because like I feel like it can really like dull out if you're literally staring at a screen all day like answering emails Yeah. yeah 
Absolutely. That's what gets challenging being able to run a business, but still be creative at the same time when you have tons of emails and like, yeah, I'm still very hands-on and, and creative, but I need yeah. to, yeah, get outside <laughs> a bit more. <laughs> and what is your background? Like, what do you, have you always been a creative person? What were you doing before you created Onda? Is it Onda or Onda? Cause I, I like, I've heard different things. You could say it either way. Um, okay. You say Onda, but Onda's okay. fine too. Yeah. I mean, I think as a kid, I was pretty artsy. Like I loved painting and drawing and photography, like arts and crafts. Like that was my thing. I loved that when I was little. And then in middle school, I discovered like Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator and like loved playing around with that. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I guess essentially I was doing like graphic design, uh, like playing with fonts and photos. And I think I, I discovered graphic design probably through my cousin who is a graphic designer and she went to Parsons and studied design. And I thought it was really cool to be able to like have a career where you could be creative like that. So I really looked up to her and kind of followed in her footsteps. And before Anda, I, I mean, I grew up in Pennsylvania. So I always dreamed of like moving to New York City. So I went there. I went to Parsons. I studied design. In college, I interned at a ton of internships, like architecture firms and a lot of magazines like Domino Magazine and Complex and some magazines that aren't around anymore. But yeah, my first job out of school was at WSJ Magazine at the Wall Street Journal, where I like was so junior, but I learned a ton of like art direction and photography, like setting up shoots. But yeah, I did that first out of school and my, my best friend and roommate at the time started working at a branding, like design and strategy agency. She was like, you should come work here. Like, it's actually pretty cool. You get to like work with all different industries and help them to bring like their visual identities to life. So I started that job and was like kind of in this branding career um, ever since working with like a ton of different brands from bigger PepsiCo, Frito-Lay, bigger corporate brands to smaller um, startups. And I think it was kind of at the point where I was like, my next career move would either be to be the creative director of an agency or start my own agency. And that just didn't really like excite me. So I knew I wanted to like one day have my own business and be my own boss, but I didn't really know what that was yet. And then enter Amba. <laughs> yeah. So how did you come up with the idea? Was it like a light bulb moment? Did someone like present it to you? Or like, how did you think to create this tequila spike seltzer? Yeah, so Noah, who's one of my co-founders and our CEO, we used to work together at, at one of these agencies and he had the initial idea to do a canned tequila seltzer. I remember the way he described it to me. He was like, it's like Spindrift with tequila. And like, like yeah, that's genius. I mean, my go-to bar drink was always tequila soda. I think it's what a lot of my friends go to drinks were too. And I think we saw what was happening in the hard seltzer category as like the fastest growing category in alcohol. And then we saw the success of brands that were doing vodka seltzers, but nobody was really doing a tequila seltzer in like a meaningful way. At least that resonated with me. There were a lot of like, well, there were a few brands that were I don't know, I tried their product and it was just really sugary and sweet, mm -hmm. had a lot of calories and the branding didn't resonate. 
So we saw this big opportunity to do something with like higher integrity ingredients for more of a health conscious consumer, use real fruit juice, zero sugar, and like have thoughtful branding behind it. So yeah, that's how it started. It was like, what do you think about a canned tequila seltzer? And kind of took it from there. And I know you said your co-founder presented it to you and like kind of came up with this idea, but like, how did you decide that you wanted to work with him or how did you decide that you wanted him to be your co-founder or a co-founder? Because I think that's such a big decision when you're starting a business is like who you go into business with, because it really is like a marriage and like you want to make that good decision or else the business could fall (laughs) apart. Yeah. So how did you make that decision? So I actually have three other co-founders, which is great because it's me, Shay Mitchell, um, actress and, and content extraordinaire, um, and then Max and Noah. And, you know, I, I think the reason why the four of us work together so well is because we all have very completely different skill sets. Like if I were to, I think, start a business with another designer, like, we'd just be like stepping on each other's toes. And yeah, I think it's about finding a co-founder that has the skills you don't have um, that complement yours. And like Max and Noah were getting their MBA at Yale. Like I didn't know anything about business, yeah. but I know the creative and branding side of it. And Shay's great with like content and, and partnerships and knowing um, like what will resonate and what's engaging for people. So I think we all have like our, our own skills. And yeah, I think the other thing is just like working together and starting a business is every day it has like, it can be a challenge. Like it's not always like sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> like yeah. if you want to make sure that you're, you're working with somebody that like you're, you know, you're in it together and you're like transparent and honest with each other and you're able to make big decisions together and sometimes difficult decisions. So, yeah. 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 No, yeah. I, I totally agree. I think that that like finding co-founders and is something that it is like a marriage and like you have to have different skill sets or else why, you know, like, you, you just have to, like, it's one of those things that's like, you guys, like you said, would step on each other's toes if you all kind of were doing the same exact thing. And I think that's also where a lot of people kind of get into situations where they'll go in with like a best friend and like they're doing the, they want to do the exact same thing, but it's like, you have to be doing something different or else there's no need for two of you, you know, like it's, yeah, yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna fight over some things and it's going to be hard to kind of like have designated roles. So I think having those like separations is like so, so important. And with like creating an alcohol company, I can imagine it's probably really difficult to like find the perfect recipe and find the (laughs) right like ingredients. So like, how did you do that? Like, did you just have like a ton of taste tests? Did your distillery kind of help with that? Or like, what was that process of like getting the formula exactly right? Because one of the best things about your brand is like, people say that it tastes like amazing. And I'm literally, I'm going to try it. (laughs) I literally just got it. I was like, I need to open one of these cans before, (laughs) but I'm like, I've been like working. So I'm like, I don't know if I should be drinking tequila this morning, but (laughs) tonight it's Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) But everyone says it tastes amazing. So like, how did you come up with that formula and that the the ingredients? Yeah. We work with a, like an R and D specialist who helps us with the formulations and it's kind of wild because we launched in July of 2020. So it was like the height of the pandemic. So everything leading up to that, like, like we were doing all of our tastings over Zoom. 
and we would try them out. And like I'm trying grapefruit 2A and like we would go around and like tell everybody what we thought about the, the flavors and what we adjust and tweak. And like, sometimes you get it like right the first time and it's like unanimous that we all love it. And then in other times it takes like seven rounds to perfect that perfect flavor. And we're very nitpicky about that because you want it to taste obviously like great and like the, the fruit and like be juicy, but not too, not too sweet. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's fun. I always get a little tipsy yeah. <laughs> our, our tastings. But yeah, you, sometimes you just nail it and, and or you got to work on it for a bit. We actually have four new flavors launching next week. Ooh, that's so exciting. What flavors are they? We're launching a new variety pack that's called um, the Paradise Collection, which includes pineapple, mango, passion fruit, and strawberry. Oh, that sounds so good. Do you have a favorite flavor right now? I really love like classic grapefruit or blood orange is really good I mean those are my go-to yeah most of the time yeah now that you're in the alcohol industry and like more specifically like the canned seltzer industry do you go and like look at that world like differently like when you're at the grocery store and you see like a white claw or something are you like looking (laughs) at it differently like now that you know the whole like behind the scenes of it and like oh my god yeah it's so crazy now to like think about everything that goes into it I don't shop like a normal person anymore. Like every time I go to like a Bevmo or an, like a liquor store or the grocery store, it's all I'm looking at <laughs> what I like eat, sleep and breathe lately. Yeah. And one thing also, I think a lot of people see a product and they see like a launch and they're like, don't see the hard work that goes behind it. Cause obviously you're not announcing that you're launching this until like it's close, you know, you don't want to say like two years before a year before, like, Hey, I'm thinking of starting this idea. So how long did it take you from like when you guys started this idea and when you or when you had this idea to like actually having it in people's hands? Yeah, I'd say it took us a little over a year, I think. We started in in 2019 and launched in in 2020 and now we're in I think it's like 27 states now. So, it's happened quickly, but it takes a very long time to to start a brand. Like of course it's the branding, it's like figuring out all your your partners, your distillery, your co-packer, like finding the right packaging partner, can suppliers, like our R&D consultant that we work with. And like the, the alcohol industry itself is pretty complex with like each state having its own like rules and regulations. So there's a lot of background things that like, you know, us us four never starting an alcohol brand before you like figure it out. <laughs> like have mentors and, and, you know, through friends and people that have been in this space and, and you've learned something new every single day. Yeah. I feel like it's one of those things that the alcohol industry is so much harder than others. It's so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Every state has a different rule. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you have to make sure you comply because it's literally like a legal thing. Like you could be like breaking laws if you don't comply. And like, there's so many regulations that goes with it. Like, I can't even imagine what it takes to like get your can in a grocery store in like a different state. Yeah. See, like, that's why you need co-founders that have different skills because not my great skill set, but like Max, he has a little bit of experience with that background. Um, and he's like amazing at being like the COO. And, you know, if it was up to me to like apply to you know, get into every state. Like, no, I would hate doing that. It's not what I'm good at. (laughs) Yeah. 
first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You definitely are an expert at branding and you, like I said, like Onda has such great branding. Like I think it's so recognizable and it's so fun and you want to take a photo of it and you want to be seen with it. It's like such an amazing brand. So for like branding 101, like what's your process of like coming up with this vision? Like what inspired you when you came up with Onda? How do you even like start coming up with the branding? And like, are you a perfectionist when it comes to it? Oh, I mean, yeah. So I think the way it started, we, you know, it starts with like a mood board. Like I kind of get my thoughts together visually. Like what do we look and feel like? Um, and I did a couple different variations of what we could look like. And the one that we loved was going into this direction. Like a lot of it was inspired by like where I live in Santa Monica by the beach and like bringing to life this kind of like aspirational beachy vibe that has a bit of like 90s surf culture references like body glove and ocean pacific um like brands i remember my dad wearing in the 90s um but yeah it, it's kind of starts with that obviously you need to figure out your name which we went through a couple of iterations of the the name figuring out like also just looking at the competitive set like how do you stand up out on shelf um, and what we saw were there were so many seltzers that were like white or silver, or they changed their their flavor color for each, um, on the can for each for each flavor. So we were like, maybe we should own like a really bright, vibrant color and have that singular color be our like master brand color, which is where we we got our onto orange. And we thought about like where we would want and imagine people to be drinking onda like poolside or beachside and a lot of those backgrounds are like blue so like orange really pops against blue so we thought about that as a contrast when we picked our color and are you like a perfectionist when it comes to the branding like everything had to be like perfectly aligned oh yes I mean I think I'm I'm a perfectionist when it comes to design but it's as we're like 
you know, creating more and more assets. It's, it's so tricky for me to like, let go, but yes, I I'm definitely a perfectionist when it comes to that. Are you running like the social media stuff too? Or like, what, what is your role at Onda? Like being kind of like the head of the creative officer of it? Yeah. So I'm the chief creative officer. So I oversee like all design work, but I'm also very much like as a co-founder in the weeds too, working on design. Um, so we do have somebody that helps us with our social media account. Thank God. Cause I was running that and like, that's not my background. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I never had experience creating content and social media channels. So we've hired team. Like we have people now who are helping us with that. Um, yeah, we, we also have a junior designer. Like we're, we're starting to build out, um, a bit of our creative team. I mean, I'd say I'm still very much involved in everything, but try to step back a bit and like not get so, so narrowed into what we're doing every single day. <laughs> I, I feel like being a creative person, it's probably really hard to kind of let other people take the reins on designing. Cause it's like, your original design and your original branding and then like having someone else kind of put their own vision on it or like their own work on it is that how do you let that go like how I and I'm even asking for myself because like I'm obviously not doing any like design work but like it is so hard for me to delegate and for me to like hand off projects to someone else because I just feel like I can do it better you know I'm like I've been doing this for so long like I can do it better it's fine but yeah (laughs) how do you do that like (laughs) I have always struggled with that because I I like I have the same issue, but I think it's about hiring a team that has, that's like better at it than you are. Like working with a team that you really trust and like hiring the best of the best, which I think we've done. So I know Weston, my designer is like super talented. Like he gets the brand obviously and knows what we're trying to create. So like, I trust him, but yeah, it's really hard to like, let go. It's like, my baby. And then I like, all right, like, here you go. <laughs> like it's, it's challenging for me. Um, but I think I've, I've learned to let go. And I think as you continue to build out the brand, um, you know, it used to be like all in my head, but now that we've created more things, it's like, should be more understandable for like our team to execute. And it's not just like me creating everything, you know? Yeah. And to you, like, what does branding mean? So it's not just like logos, colors, and you know, what it looks like, like, do you view branding as like, anything other than that I guess like do you guys have events where like branding is crucial or like kind of like the messaging that you put out or like what I guess what is the branding of Onda overall like what segments feature that well I think branding it's like the feeling you get from the brand too it's not just like how it look it's like the emotion that a brand gives you a bit and like I think we always thought like we're a tequila seltzer brand like we don't need to be so precious. Like we have a bit fun with the brand too. So, you know, I think initially I wanted to be a little bit more serious and now I'm like, no, we should have more fun with the brand. Like, I think that's starting to come across more in our social channels and like, as we develop more content and as we're seeing like our community, which we call the on the beach club, <laughs> like as we see what they're starting to do in terms of content and like share their, their stories on on Instagram, like that's, what's really exciting is to see how like our consumers are like what they're doing with the brand too, and how they're like photographing the can and like they're a piece of the brand. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, you did. I mean, you do a good job at like feeling like you want to be at a beach and, you know, you want to be like out in the, yeah. like in the warm weather, like whenever you're drinking one of your cans or like holding one of your cans, I feel like that definitely resonates with a lot of people. And that's probably why like Florida is like a huge market for you guys. Cause it's like summer year round. Like, yeah. yeah. So people that makes a lot of sense. In Florida. Yeah. <laughs> and you went from like being you, your three co-founders, and then how quickly did you like develop a team? Like, when did you hire your first designer? When did you hire someone for social? Like, was it a slow growth or was it kind of like all at once? I mean, for us, it was really about hiring a sales team um, and experts in sales because that's what really all four of us like didn't have experience in and you need to have a great sales team to sell your product because without them like what are we so we we started off hiring just like a couple of people and yeah it, it takes a while to hire and build out the team but we hired our first salesperson like a month after we launched the brand and then soon after we hired a designer and then we hired like a, a marketing person. So like we continue to build out the brand and our team. But a lot of it from the beginning was like the four of us figuring it out. You went also from, you know, working for an agency and, you know, working on other companies' designs and to doing like working for yourself. Like, yeah, you have co-founders, but like you are, you know, working on your own company. How was that transition? Like, how was that? Like, how is it different work for yourself versus like working for an agency? I kind of, I love working for myself. I think (laughs) like it's always been kind of a dream to work for myself. And I think when I was working at agencies and working with clients on their brands, it's kind of like what motivated me to want to have my own brand. Like while I love doing that, it's just like, like, oh, I want to do this myself one day. And I don't think I really felt like fulfilled just working with other brands. I wanted to do it myself. (laughs) Like, I think I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself too as a co-founder of a brand. But at the end of the day, it's like so rewarding to, like I said, like see your product on on shelves and like people Instagramming it. Like that's what makes it so exciting to me. It's like we're, that we're building out this brand and people are buying it and drinking it. Like that's such a exciting moment for me to like actually see people getting it you know, you can have a product. So it's it never gets old. It's like so surreal. I feel like having your own, like as a designer, like just designing for someone else, you probably just don't even have that like same passion as, you know, if you're doing it for yourself, because, you know, it's not your vision. Like at the end of the day, you still have to follow their guidelines. Yeah, you don't have the creative control. <laughs> right. And like a, a lot of what I experienced when I was working with clients, especially like bigger clients, you work on something and then like, you know, there's so many levels of hierarchy and people looking at it. And then like, by the time it's done, it's like a Frankenstein of what you imagined and envisioned, or it's like sitting in a PDF somewhere and nothing really happened with it. Like it's, it was always kind of hard to like see your work come to life. Like when Mm -hmm. working clients, the way you envisioned not always like sometimes it worked out really well of course or I wouldn't have done it for so long but I think being able to have like my own control over what I wanted my brand to look and feel like was was great are you a very like fast-paced worker at Onda or is Onda a very fast-paced team where it's like 
you don't have to go through those levels of hierarchy. Things get done a lot quicker. Like what's like your working style at Onda? Yeah, I think because we are a small team, it is pretty fast paced and yeah, we have a lot going on. So I'd say we're pretty fast paced. (laughs) Is every day different or what do you have like a day-to-day routine, especially now that things are a little bit more remote? Are you guys still like a remote team or do you guys have like an office where you get together? Like what's kind of the day-to-day look like? Yeah, it's crazy because like we obviously started the brand remotely. Like Shay and I are in LA and Max and I are on the East Coast. And like everything's been done over Zoom. And since we've launched, like we're all kind of scattered doing everything over Zoom. We don't have a physical office. I think we would all love to have one one day, but I don't think we need one right now. Like, I think it's working well as it is, but you know, one day we'll have an office, I hope. But yeah, my day-to-day routine, it kind of changes every day. It's like every day is exciting. (laughs) There's not really, yeah, a standard routine for me. Do you have any routines that like keep you grounded, especially to like re-inspire you creatively or like a morning routine, a night routine or anything like that? I think I've been trying to just like wake up really early. Like I feel like I get, like I want to have some focus in the morning and like get some things done before the day kind of starts, especially since a lot of my teammates are on the East coast and I'm out here and I hate waking up to like feeling like you're behind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lately I've been just like trying to get up early, which my boyfriend gets up at like five or five thirty, and I am trying to do that, but that's like, uh, like too difficult for me. I've been it's so early. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes I do get up at five and I do feel great. Like I get a lot done. It feels like before the day even starts. So I do that sometimes, but I'm not like, I'm trying to train myself to become a morning person. (laughs) I don't know if it's happening yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I love to just like get out and go like to the beach and like go around my neighborhood. Like that's where I get a lot of inspiration, like living by the beach for the brand. It's like such a big piece of the brand um, and kind of that vibe we want to build. For someone who is you know, a creative person and especially working on design, which is such a like creative role. How do you kind of get those creative juices flowing, I guess, or like sparks of creativity? Because I feel like for a lot of people, especially in quarantine and during COVID, that kind of was lacking, you know, it was hard to become inspired or it was easy to feel burnt out because, you know, you're working and living at home all the time and like, you're always on a screen. So like, what do you do to re spark that creativity in you? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, it was tricky during like quarantine. Traveling, of course, is a ton, like brings a ton of inspiration for me, but it was like, you know, I like to do like weekend trips and like sometimes go camping or like just getting out into like nature and like just not like disconnecting and not looking at a screen is when I actually become like, like I, I think more creatively, like when I'm kind of away from everything. <laughs> like, I need like a bit of a breather. Like that's when I, I think I become the most creative, just like getting out. (laughs) Yeah. Unplugging. (laughs) Unplugging and like resetting a bit really helps. And I wanted to ask, cause I feel like a lot of people might be in the same position, but what's advice for someone who wants to start a business, but doesn't even know where to begin? Like what was the kind of like first steps for you with starting a business? 
Yeah, I mean, I'd say starting a business can be really scary, especially if you've never done it before. But I think you should like not be afraid to quit and start over and like don't be afraid to do something that terrifies you. Because I've found that every time I've done something that's terrifying, like taking a leap of faith and like quitting a job and like making a big change in my life has always been a really positive thing. And I'd also say like finding something that doesn't feel like a job, like if you want to start a business, like make sure it's something that you're passionate in and like you're interested in because at the end of the day, it's like what you're working on all the time and how many hours you like that you put into it. Like if you're not happy with what you're doing in your career and what you're doing every day, it's hard to be like happy. (laughs) So I think that that's like the biggest advice I'd give is like, make sure that what you're doing is what's making you happy. Yeah. I love that. And I totally agree. I think it's one of those things that's like, it's hard to, you know, try to like make an income off of what you love. But I do think that Mm -hmm. if you do focus on it and like really work hard to kind of find a way to, you know, work in something that you're passionate about, it makes life so much more enjoyable when you aren't like complaining about like the job that you have that you hate. Exactly. Yeah. It just makes life easier if you're happy with what, you know, your nine to five or whatever many hours it is, but. Right. Well, where can my listeners find Onda and like, where can they buy it? Where can they shop it? Is it sold online? Yeah. So you can check out our store locator. If you go to drinkonda.com or our handles at drinkonda. Um, Yeah. And we also are sold online, but you can check us out in store on our store locator. Awesome. Well, Kelly, where can they find you on Instagram? You can find me at Kelly Adams. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Everyone needs to try Onda and buy it because it's going to look so good in your fridge, on your counter, wherever you're putting it, like drinking it at a party. It's, it's literally the cutest canned seltzer I've ever seen. So you have to check it out, but Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.